sat at the writing table in her bedroom. She turned her head and looked out of the window at the garden in which she spent a lot of her time. The roses were blazing in the two long beds. Lillian Hamilton sat at the writing table and slowly, in a style that was not good, but colorful and evocative, penned the story of her married life in a thick school exercise book. The last chapter was not going to be written, of course, for the final chapter of any autobiography must remain unwritten. Poor Lillian. Poor Lillian. must mow the lawn. So much work to do. Delphiniums, Campanula, Regale, Lilies, Canterbury Bells. All dead now. Must remove their little dried up heads. The roses are like... Neon lights. Never seen roses so bright like neon lights. Jason. Jason. He was her husband. His favorite color was blue. And on their honeymoon, she had worn blue to please him. But blue had never suited her, and so she had stopped wearing blue. Greens and burnt oranges suited her best, yellow too. She looked good in yellow. She looked especially good in her yellow dressing gown. Biotex, the new soak and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McCabe. Just soak, just soak in biotex. Just soak, just soak in biotex. Just soak, just soak in biotex. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak, just soak in biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cuff stains, ingrain dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come, and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. When a story is unfolded through the pages of a book, we can cheat if we wish. We can look at the last page, the last line. We can prepare ourselves for shock, if there is one. When a story is heard, though, this is impossible. Not even Lillian Hamilton could look ahead to the last chapter. We, too, shall have to wait a while before we learn the last chapter's secret. But it is permitted to glance at the pages which tell of the present and the immediate past. Blue was always his favorite color. Blue, of course, is for Carola Haig Dunfield, his mistress. Blue sets off her beauty to perfection. I never thought I'd have a husband with a mistress. Strange. A husband with a mistress called Carola. A husband who buys a cottage in the country for me. Very beautiful.
There are roses galore. You know how you like roses. It's not far from Pangbourne and within easy reach of London. I'll tell you what we'll do. Mm -hmm. Listen, we leave Henrietta behind in Cheney Gardens at weekends. Nurse Rooney can have her. Why? Why? Yes, why do we have to leave Henrietta behind? Darling, you need time off from the child. Oh, you need a change of scene as well. Nurse Rooney can take her own two half days off during the week. She can have sole charge of Henrietta at weekends. You'll have a rest, and Henrietta will appreciate you all the more for not seeing you so often. <laughs> Don't think me Victorian, but I'm all for children not seeing too much of their parents. Yes, and it's a lovely idea, having the cottage and that, and I'm sure it is lovely if you say so. But that's I... that, Philip. At weekends, you'll be able to do your writing. You'll have complete peace and quiet. <laughs> My darling, you should always wear green. Remember how you used to try to wear blue? It never suited you. Once upon a time, Corolla was a friend of mine. I even introduced her to Jason. So long ago, it might have been part of another incarnation. In fact, it was only four years ago. And now, she's his mistress. He doesn't even think that I know. She knows, though. She knows how aware I am of the situation. But there'll never be any scenes. I shan't allow Jason ever to think that it gives me pain. That would only make him choose between us and give her great satisfaction. Carola. Nah. Oh, how I hate the way she puts everything into its diminutive. Henny, so lucky to have such a beautifully secure childhood. I mean, despite her illness. I mean, it must be so nice to have such secure parents. My childhood was positively penniless, absolutely nomadic. <laughs> and Rue is so good to her. You know. You mean Nurse Rooney, don't you, Carola? I thought. Pardon? Oh, yes, that's what I said. Rue is so good to her. She's like a mother. I was going to say I met Jim the other day. Oh, and please don't call me Corella, my dear. I do hate it. La is so much friendlier. Anyway, I met Jim down the other day. And the Virginia, which you mean? <laughs> You're determined to take the long way round, dear, aren't you? <laughs> anyway, Jim has become a complete bohemian. She's no sense of responsibility at all. Hello, you too. Hello, Jay, darling. I was just telling Lily about Jim. <laughs> oh, isn't Lily funny, Jay? So serious. Anyway, would you believe it? Jim's working in that same dreadful little art gallery I was in. The one in Knightsbridge. Oh, you must remember, Jay, darling. There are many women, I suppose, who would never understand why I don't confront Jason. Why I don't tell him that I know Corolla is more than just a family friend. But I shan't tell him that I know. I'm too frightened of what would happen. And at least this way, he is mine. Even if I have to share him occasionally. He was always faithful to me before, Corolla. I think. Yes, I know he was. It's hard to think she took him away while Henrietta was ill. I suppose she has no real feelings at all. To take a woman's husband away during the sickness of their only child would only have added spice to the affair as far as she was concerned. But poor, poor Henrietta. And Lillian looked out again at the roses and the dried heads of the Canterbury Bells. And tears of sadness came into her eyes as she thought of Henrietta. The child had been ten when polio had struck. And it had left her paralyzed in her arms and her right leg. It had happened when they had gone as a quartet on holiday to the west of Ireland. Lillian had thought that the little girl had been suffering from flu and a lot of precious time had been wasted before a doctor had been summoned from Limerick. It was my fault. Always my fault. I was stupid. 
I shall never have another breakdown, though. I shall remain strong from now on. I shall put up with this piracy, no matter how many times Jason mysteriously finds that he's got to be away on working weekends. I shall never admit that I know. I won't give her that satisfaction. And I've got Henrietta. There was a time when I felt that it would be easy for me to kill La. Oh, yes. I believe I could have killed her quite easily. Especially the day when she first let me know about her and Jason. And she did it so cleverly without saying a word. Just by her silences when I talked about him. Of course I'm fortunate. <laughs> I don't think I don't realize that. I have a clever husband. And it's awful to say this, but when his mother dies, he'll be even richer. <laughs> Little Henrietta would be an heiress. You're so loyal to Jay, darling. He appreciates it so much. Does he? Yes. <laughs> you know he does. Don't you? Yes, he appreciates me. I love him very much. And if he ever left me, I don't think I could go on living. <laughs> cat! Oh, my cat, darling! Oh, Oh, you know, dear, I'm afraid Cass has become perfectly attached to me since your holiday in Yugoslavia. He lets me do anything with him. Don't you, Boofus? Don't you, love? <laughs> oh, Cass, say hello to Lillian. I'm not your owner. You are a bad boy. Oh, Lillian, say walkies. Come on, come on, boy. Come on. Oh, come on, boy. Cass, there's a master. Go on, go to him. Oh, Aaron does insulting. He didn't even say hello to you. Oh, darling, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to steal your doggy from you. <laughs> They're fickle animals. Yes, they are. Aren't they? Poor Cass. He doesn't know he's only a dog. Perhaps Miss Haig Dunfield's mission in life is to steal things. Husbands, dogs. And Jason treats me well, really. Even when he invites her to Cheney Gardens, he still goes through the rigmarole of inviting another man so that the numbers are even. She's made up her mind to marry him. I know that. But she believes she's got all the time in the world. She reckons that if Jason can persuade me that his happiness lies in his freedom, I'll give him a divorce. But I know La far better than Jason knows her. In the drama of her life, she has reached the end of Act one. Now, she wants a man of her own. She wants permanent security now. Oh, she's got to be attracted to him as well, of course. And after all, she ought to know by now what kind of man attracts her. Her experience must be, um, bossed. Oh, yeah, I can't write down any of this. Poor Jay thinks I'm writing short stories. Five o'clock. Jason should be here by... Half past seven at the latest. Cold supper. Vichy soir, salmon and strawberries and cream. Oh, please don't phone Jason and say you can't come till tomorrow. Oh, please don't. I've got everything ready. I couldn't bear it. I know. I'll go and tidy up the border. It's lovely in the garden at this time of day. And she began the usual hunt for her secateurs. They weren't in the garden shed. And so she came back into the house and began pulling out drawers and opening cupboards. She discovered several bills that needed her attention, but no secateurs. Electricity, water rates, garage, 
And then she found the crystal ball. I say found. She knew it was there, of course. She used to believe she could tell fortunes by it. Smiling nostalgically, she brought it up to her face, almost caressing its cold, spherical surface. Crystal ball. And if Carola Haig Dunfield, what an unattractive name, had come to the end of Act One of her life, then so had Lillian Hamilton, as she sat quietly by the writing desk and gazed deep into the crystal. I feel like a new man. It's a lovely day today. I thought you had flu. I took a grandpa headache powder, and I'm worlds better. When colds and flu are about, grandpa headache powders are what you need. Grandpa headache powders work fast because they dissolve almost immediately. Grandpa makes all those dreadful flu symptoms disappear quickly. So, whenever you're in pain, get fast relief. Get grandpa headache powders. Ah, grandpa. Oh, darling, try to look as though you're enjoying yourself. The party's great. Yes, it was until I ate. Well, take a dye gel. I always keep some in my bag. But I already took an antacid. Oh, yes, darling. But dye gel is much more than an antacid. Dye gel has double action. There's a layer of antacid plus a layer of semethicin. It's the semethicin that relieves that dreadful bloated feeling. Here, try a dye gel. Like they say, when you eat too well, demand dye gel. It lay amidst a cluster of bulb catalogues from De Yaga and the bills. It lay hard and cold and forgotten. And smiling nostalgically, she took up the crystal ball with which she had once told fortunes. I'd forgotten all about you. <laughs> He'd be so angry, Jason would, seeing me hold this again. <laughs> My psychic powers were always very modest, sir. So. Oh, Jason... You were born with a dislike for all soothsayers and seers. Nothing. It looks dead, empty. I used to see things. I did, really, no matter what Jason may think. I used to see things. Good things. Bad things, too. she concentrated, the interior of the globe clouded and then gradually cleared like morning mist dissolving under the onset of the sun. She was peering into a room papered in stripes of lime and lemon. A bed was pushed up against a wall. It's the ground floor room in Cheney Gardens. That's Henrietta lying on the bed. I can see her. See her in the crystal. Oh, if only I could show you, Jason. You'd have to believe you'd... Oh, someone's come into the room. And clearly, in the crystal, 
Lillian saw a door open, and a figure enter the room. The figure was a woman, and the woman was wearing a yellow dressing gown. When... when was this? I only bought that dressing gown yesterday. I, I bought it at Harrods. This is the future. Hasn't happened yet. It, it isn't new anymore. It, it's faded with washing. It, it's old now, the dressing gown. She is asleep. Henrietta's asleep, is it? What am I doing? What am I doing? And Lillian Hamilton watched herself in the future, in the crystal, take a pillow from beside the sleeping child's head and press it over its head and press and press and press. What was I doing? I was smothering her. I was killing my baby. It can't be true. Jason's right. It is rubbish nonsense because if it was true... How could I go mad, insane, and be the murderer of my baby? Life couldn't be so terrible. It couldn't. long to answer. I thought you must be out. Uh, look, I can't get down tonight. In fact, I doubt very much whether I can manage tomorrow either. I'll be with you for lunch on Sunday and we can drive back together after tea. I'll come by train. Um, I have a date with a fellow from Barringer's in New York. He'd have been here today, but he, he couldn't make it. Got um, tied up in Paris. You know what these tycoons are like. Only time he'll be able to give me is tomorrow evening. Sorry to change plans at the last moment. But there it is. It might lead to a big deal, you see. Uh, look after yourself. Lily. Yes, Jason, I, I quite understand. Is anything wrong? No, no, Jason, nothing. I'm, I'm just disappointed. Well, goodbye, old girl. Goodbye. Another human being. Never. Not Miss Rooney. Not Jason. Not Henrietta. And especially not. Yeah. Oh, the first time. The very first time now I think I hate her. He's only 90 minutes away. He could come here even, even though he's got a business dinner. He could still come here. He's, he's free tonight and most of tomorrow. So, I'm sure. It's La. Jason. Jason, I need you. I need to tell you what I see. You've got to help me. Got to help me not to kill my little girl. We should get back to Cheney Gardens before Sunday. He might stop off to say goodnight to Henrietta. He might even read to her for a little while. M maybe he was at the flat when he telephoned. Maybe she was there too. Oh, Jason. Jason, I'm going to be a murderess. I... Canterbury Bells are all dead. I'm going to go mad. I'm going to kill the one little tiny thing I love most in the world. 
What was that to die? It must be me. It must be me. He'll look after her. He'll take care of her. If, if I do it, it won't matter. I'll be saving Henrietta. I'll open the way for Jason and La, but it doesn't matter. Jason won't suffer. La will make him see that it isn't his fault. She's so persuasive. So assured. Poor Lillian. Oh, Jay, darling, I'm not to blame yourself. She was always unstable, darling. You mustn't fret so. I understand. In a way, she acted very courageously. It's all over now. You must think about yourself. And Henny. And me. No note of farewell. No explanations. I'll, I'll lock the door. When Mrs. Roberts comes in in the morning, she, she won't be shot. She'll know something's wrong and won't be too... Too upset. She'll give her help and it won't be hard to die. Then she went and got a bottle of whiskey from the cupboard and a little box of white pills and climbed the stairs to her bedroom, passing on her way the theatrical prince, the Victoriana, she and Jason had discovered on the barrow in the Portobello Road when they were putting the finishing touches to the cottage together. Dear Crystal Ball, it's you I have to thank. You saved my little girl's life. You showed me what I must do. Thank you. In a recess of the bureau, above the line of drawers, there was a photograph of herself and Jason, taken on their wedding day. How young I was, Jason. Jason, so handsome. Funny little pages. Funny little bridesmaids. Had one's got no front teeth. Mark, uh, Mark Thornton and Jenny Fenley. I can't remember the names of the others. Can't remember. Can't remember. Thank you, my darling. Hmm. Hmm. Just. Mm. Happy. Of course. Hmm. Can I have another one of those, please, Jay? Certainly. They're quite free and they come in all <clears throat> sizes. Not like that. Hmm. <clears throat> and in the cottage, in the country, in a bedroom. Above the garden where the Canterbury bells had faded and turned brown and brittle stood a half-empty whiskey bottle on a table beside a bed. Near it, a box that had once contained pills. On the floor lay a strange crystal ball. On the bed lay a woman, a once beautiful woman, even now very attractive. Her hair was auburn, and her eyes were brown. Where's the crystal? Where 
is it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> but you don't say. And cupping her hands around the smooth glass sides of the crystal, she gazed into its depths. It was difficult to concentrate. She wanted so much to sleep. Sleep. A fast, hard 90 minutes drive away, Jason Hamilton sat with... <laughs> oh, Jay, you are an oak. <laughs> what did you do then? Hmm? Jay, where are you going? Oh, I must go and see Henrietta. Don't leave me. I must just read her a story, darling, and then... Uh... Well, what's the matter? Matter? Hmm? You look cross. Must you read her a story tonight? Oh, I promise. Sometimes I believe you care more for her than you do for me. She's my daughter. My... Poor little crippled child. Oh, yes. Well, we all know who's to blame for that. That's enough. That's dead and gone. In the past. I love you. I can give you more than anyone else in the world. I know. I know. So, never forget that. I won't. Just five minutes. A short story, La. Just a little one. Dreary little cripple. How I loathe and Dear little Henrietta, I can see you, my sweetheart, my poor, poor darling. But this time she forced herself to watch for longer, and the scene in the crystal ball continued. Lillian sat, horror-stricken, as she watched herself rise from smothering her child and throw the pillow aside. She forced herself to accept the role of spectator, to be present at the culmination of a murder which now would never occur. She saw the yellow dressing gown, old, frayed. She saw the mane of hair cascading down across the shoulders of the gown. She saw the hair tossed aside. But the hair was black. <laughs> Through waves of infinite fatigue, Lillian saw the woman in the picture, in the crystal, rise from the bed. The scene in the crystal had a flawless clarity, and she was helpless to withdraw her gaze. As she got to her feet, the woman in the crystal turned her head on its lovely neck and looked straight in her direction. And the beautiful azure blue eyes were bright with malice and mockery. Lillian was incapable of rousing herself. She was sinking fast into the quicksands of inertia. The woman in the yellow dressing gown was La. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cuff stains, ingrain dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. 
Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Beyond Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotex, the new soak and pre-wash powder. The program is adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe.